Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Setting goals for yourself is a big task. Even bigger is actually accomplishing those goals. When a goal is very large, it can seem overwhelming and unachievable. In this episode, we're going to talk about breaking down bigger goals into smaller, more manageable chunks to be able to see them in perspective and make accomplishing them easier. But before we get started, Will, what's been breaking you down this week? Uh, not necessarily breaking me down, but I don't know if I mentioned this last week. I don't, I don't remember if I was done or not. I don't think I was. I finally got my CI server working like where it communicates with the worker and all that stuff, there was a bunch of nastiness because it, like you have to share SSH keys between the two containers. And I was generating the keys and you have to put them in a file and do all this other junk and it wasn't working. Well, I went back and some dude has actually made a script to make it like since I set it up initially or attempted to set it up initially, some dude has actually made a script that just makes it work. And I was able to find that. And that was actually kind of one of the things I learned with the Ubuntu audio setup was like, make sure that the way you're, you're doing this is actually still the canonical way to do it. Not read some tutorial from 2017 or whatever. So finally got all of that. I think pretty well sorted out. I'm just about the number of tasks left for really wrapping up the Docker setup, you know, in the home lab and the Linux migration, it's getting pretty thin. Like I still don't have my VM working for Linux on you know, my Windows VM. And then I don't have, I can't play Blu-ray DVDs yet because I haven't looked for a way to do it. Everything's really moving smoothly. Uh, it just you know, took a couple months longer than I thought. Do people still watch Blu-rays? Yes, I do. If I want to watch a movie more than once, I always buy a physical disc because of things like, you know, there's movies from our childhood, for instance, that I have not been able to obtain, like the original Willow movie. Right. For instance, a few years ago, you couldn't get it because George Lucas put it in a box and whatever. Oh, dude, I wish you'd let me know. I had a copy of it on, on DVD somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't I still don't have it yet. When I go to McKay's next time, I'm going to be looking for it. It's back. It's back out because of the TV show. I figured there'd be, you know, that they were probably doing something like that. And it's like, that's fine. I, you know, I understand they want to do that with their marketing, but I don't appreciate those kind of games. Like if I, if I want to watch something, I want to watch it. And so I always try to physically own it. And, you know, there've also been a lot of cases where they've gone back and removed things or changed things because of whatever reason. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have physical copies of things now. That's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. So how about you? Well, I can tell you from experience, do not drink bottled Thai tea. Now, was it canned or bottled? It was bottled. It was literally in a glass bottle. I probably have the bottle still here at the house somewhere. No, I took the trash off yesterday. So never mind. I don't have it. But yeah. So I had a date Saturday. Well, a tentative date. She told me she might not be able to get a babysitter. So there was a chance that wouldn't get happen. Didn't happen. I was already kind of set on going out. Like I didn't have food. Yeah. Because I planned on going out either way, one way or the other. So I like, all right. I texted some friends. Nobody was available. So I'm like, you know what? Only friend I have who really likes Thai food is you. And I wasn't going to drive all the way up to Nashville. Sorry, dude. So I went and did some shopping and went over to the Thai place, like the really good Thai place here in town. I think I know the one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the one your mom really likes. Oh, yeah. And that was not an insult. That was like a literal, you know. Yeah. Like, I know. Literally, my, <laughs> my mother's addicted to Thai food. To the degree that my father asked me to get her a Thai food cookbook so that when they came to the big town, that they didn't always have to eat Thai food. Yeah. Oh, speaking of coming to town, I got picked on for saying going into town today. Because uh, I was at a, a men's thing and this morning and I was like, like we were talking about getting gas. I was like, yeah, when I see you, I'm at a quarter of a tank, I'll, I usually just plan, all right, next time I'm in town, I'm going to get gas and like laughing at me for saying in town. I'm like, y'all live in town. I live out in the country. Yeah. 
you have to think about those sort of things when you're further out. Yeah. But you see the way that I like dress and stuff. It doesn't look like I live in the country. Like I got, I got more of a punk style. So I look more like I live in the city and then all the other guys are like the city guys look like they live out and they dress like they're out in the country. It's funny anyway. Cause it's Tennessee. Yeah. Back to the, the Thai tea. So I go to the Thai place and I know what I want. So they like, I was by myself. They sent me at the bar. Waiter comes up to me. He's like, Hey, do you need a menu? I was like, no, I like, I was in the mood for green curry. So I was like, I'll have a green curry with chicken spice level three and a Thai tea. The Thai tea they have made there was fine. It was great. Thing is, I guess when you don't use the menu, they give you Thai level and not American level spices. Because that three was a lot spicier than a normal three. Needless to say, I quickly went through my Thai tea and two glasses of water. And even after I paid, my mouth was still like on fire. So I walked next door to their little market and um, bought myself a bottle of Thai tea and some Pocky. Because I hadn't had Pocky in forever. Who doesn't like Pocky? So I looked at the bottle when I bought it and it was in date and stuff get out to my truck. I'm driving. I open the bottle up. I chug some of it. And the second sip, I was like, what's that like particulate in there? So I stopped drinking. I get home and I look in there and it was like, looked like the milk had gone bad in the Thai tea. I've seen that happen. Like it, it's not that the milk is necessarily always gone bad. Sometimes it's just curdled because it's gotten hot. There's supposedly no bacteria in the can or the bottle. Maybe like a lot of that stuff will get you if you're not careful about it. It got me and I was sick all day Sunday. So yeah, no more bottled Thai tea for me. Yeah, I've gotten the canned stuff that was pretty good. Yeah, I bet the canned would be a little bit better. I don't know. But the thing about it is now I'm going to be, if I ever get the canned again, I'm going to be thinking about your story and realizing I can't look through the glass to see it. Pour it. Pour it into something. That's what I was, I was just. So I, uh, between trips to the bathroom on Sunday. I really wasn't doing much. So I sat at my computer and watched the Halo TV show. If you haven't seen it, it it's actually pretty good. They changed a few things from, I mean, it's been a while since I played the games, but they changed a few things, but it was still pretty good. Yeah. I'm trying to remember in time, isn't it like, like pet knit noi? I can't remember how you, there's a way to say it where it's like not too spicy. Like that's the one phrase I know. <laughs> yeah, well, you would know that yeah, yeah, to yeah. not get <laughs> not get wrecked. I told them a three on a scale of one to five. It was a lot hotter than I normally like get when I get a three. So that's why I'm thinking, oh, hey, they gave me a Thai level three and not a American level three because I didn't use the menu. That's my assumption. Either that, or I've gotten really weak, and I'm like, dude, I was eating some pretty spicy wings the other day, so I'm not not thinking it's that. Yeah, but Thai spices hit different too. They do. They do. Oh, they're so yummy though. Oh, they're so yummy. Anyway, saving money is hard, especially when you spend all your money on milk products because you've eaten way too spicy Thai food. Uh (laughs) Lucas Casades is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, his focus is on helping you not only to establish a real plan, but take action on that plan so that you can live your best life. Investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. And with the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. And for a lot of milk. (laughs) (laughs) Level Up has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. Lucas is also a fiduciary for his clients, which means he's not here to sell you a product, but to help guide you to a better financial situation. Guys, you can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you probably face and interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their careers. You can also learn a lot more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. So you're talking about the Thai spices, just a word to the wise. One thing I used to do when I would be a little bit dumber with the spice level is I actually kept a one of those plastic things of plastic spoons in the car 
And that way I could go to the grocery store and buy a pint of Ben and Jerry's when I overdid it. Well, I, I thought about that before I went and got the Thai tea, but I saw that the market was open. I was like, I'll just go get some Thai tea. That'll help. And honestly, before I even got out of town, the burning was gone. A mango lassi from a Indian place will help you too. A lot of times they have those pre-prepped in a fridge. And so you can just go, hey, give me two of those and you're in and out. But let's just say that <laughs> my emergency pepper planting skills are quite high. Because <laughs> I've done the dumb a lot. So talking about avoiding the dumb. Breaking down your goals into more manageable tasks creates the flexibility to adjust as needed and brings clarity to those goals. When seen from the perspective of a step-by-step process, goals are, you know, they don't really look as daunting. They're not huge behemoths. They're not complex things. You know, instead, they are things that you can accomplish through diligence and careful planning. This makes the process of achieving a larger goal easier. Didn't like my flowery language there. Uh, yeah, I didn't. didn't. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I was in a mood when I wrote it. Yeah. Guys, in order to break down a goal, it has to be a smart goal. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. These goals provide a clear and concise roadmap for achieving your desired outcome. Specific goals are clear and unambiguous, while measurable goals have clearly defined criteria for success. Achievable goals are challenging but realistic, while relevant goals are aligned with your personal or professional aspirations. Finally, time-bound goals have a clear deadline, providing a sense of urgency and helping to track progress. By setting SMART goals, you can break down complex tasks into smaller, achievable steps and stay focused on your ultimate objective. In this episode, we talk about breaking down goals into smaller, more manageable steps. As developers, we all have big goals that we want to achieve, at least hope you do, whether it's building a new project, learning a new skill, etc. However, these goals can really often feel overwhelming, and we may not know where to start. Breaking down goals into smaller steps can help make them more achievable and increase the likelihood of success. So the first thing you have to do to be able to break down a goal is have a goal. Yeah, and know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you need to identify the goal that you're going to break down. And it must be a smart goal. The idea here is you want to start with the end in mind. So you start with the ultimate objective, the final goal, where you want to be, and then work backward from there. Yeah. And before you can work backward, you actually have to define your goal and where you want to be in a way that makes it possible to actually break it down. It's kind of like writing code, you know, that's testable versus not. If you don't have a falsifiable hypothesis about your end state, then you're already there or you're not, right? Like you'll never know. I mean, it's very easy to write untestable code. Yeah, or to make untestable goals. Yeah, and it's very easy to to make a goal that isn't smart. Like it's not specific enough. It's not achievable. That's probably one of the hardest ones, I think. You know, going into the, the next point here, which is to kind of discuss these briefly, but I think the hardest one is to make it achievable to where it's challenging, but realistic. Yeah. You know, measurability, I think is another place that a lot of people really fall down on because mm -hmm. they'll say something like, I want to lose weight. Well, you breathed out, you lost some carbon atoms. Congratulations. You know, like you got to lose a certain amount for it to matter. So yeah, I, the time bound one, I think is the one that hurts me the worst because my estimates on everything suck. They always have. I can realistically count on my estimate being wrong pretty much 100% of the time, which is why I, like, I typically triple things. It's funny. You and I were talking about a project that I'm working on, uh, sort of a side project, and how very far behind on it, even though I bumped up my estimates because I got sick. And I missed several weeks, well, weeks worth of work. You know, I'm doing this on the side. So I, there was several days during the holidays that I was going to devote the entire day, which each day is probably about a week's worth of work. So it's about three weeks worth of work being sick for three days. Well, and you also bumped into some unknown unknowns too. I think that probably didn't help a whole lot. 
That did. That did. But yeah, I totally get like the time bound can be be very tricky. I think the easiest one on here is specific and relevant. Those two are like, all right, you can get pretty specific. Sometimes you can get over specific, but you can be specific and it's pretty easy to be relevant for the most part. The thing is, relevant is the one that changes the most. Yeah. I mean, I when we talk about smart goals, like don't think about I don't know, one of Stalin's five-year plans or something, right? Like, it's more like Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Like, he's got a goal of getting a ship, but he kind of stumbles towards it, (laughs) and the relevance of a particular action changes. You got to kind of keep that sort of openness, especially if it's a personal goal where other things intervene and you you don't have as much control as you might in a business scenario. Oh, right. Like... I had a goal last year around running that I wasn't able to achieve because of an injury. And the relevance of that goal changed. I had a a weightlifting goal, same thing. It changed because of that. And so when I set my goals for this year, I took that, that relevance caused the way I set those goals to change. Yeah. And when you're breaking stuff down, one thing that's very important to do is to identify key milestones. These are the necessary steps along the way that must be accomplished in order to reach your goal. Yeah. Not in order, but in order. Yeah. Like they don't have to be accomplished in a specific order. The wording there, I realized as you said it, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound quite the way I meant it. It's in order to. In order to. Like the just yeah. skip skip the in order. These must be accomplished to reach your goal. They don't have to be accomplished in a particular order. Unless they do. Unless they do. Yeah. 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 So like I, when you said it, I was like, oh, I did not write that very well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you want to think of each of these milestones almost as its own goal to accomplish. These are your big breakdown kind of things. So a good example of this is this year. If you listened to our resolutions episode, you know, or our quarterly episode back in January, one of my big annual goals is to get to the point of running 20 miles a week. And right now I'm at 10 miles. And so I broke adding 10 miles a week into four milestones. So one for each quarter. And they're, they're good milestones because if you're running each day of the week, then it's adding a half mile a day at each milestone at first. It gets a little trickier after that, but yeah. But anyway, because of timing and how long I can stay at the gym. But basically, the milestones are 12 and a half, 15, 17 and a half. And then the last milestone is the final goal of 20. And so like each one is its own individual goal. And you guys will find out at the end of this episode how well I did on my uh, my 12.5 milestone there. You also need to break the milestones down into action items. I mean, usually a milestone is kind of too big still. And since it's its own goal, you really want to break it into smaller components that make it easier to accomplish and where you get a feeling that you did something when you get it done. You know, going back to that example with the 12 and a half miles per week, like it was the final result was to get to that. But that first week, I was just adding a quarter mile two days a week. And then just sort of slowly adding that up. So with each successive breakdown of a level, so you have milestones and they you know, they break down into action items and you can further break things down. Treat the individual pieces to accomplish as their own smart goals. Sort of like we were saying with the, the milestones, they are almost their own individual goal within the process, well, each breakdown from there is its own individual smart goal. So it needs to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Yeah, it's sort of a turtles all the way down type scenario. And honestly, even going down to the daily tasks that you have, you should always be doing that because if it's not a smart goal, you should be questioning why you're doing it at that point because that is like a red flag big one to say, hey, maybe this isn't actually part of the thing I'm trying to do. Milestones are broken down into several action items that must be accomplished in order to reach that milestone. You notice that there's this recursive similarity to the levels above. Yeah, and 
from there, action items can be broken down into individual tasks to reach that action item. Yeah. You know, and I would even go to the the level of saying that a task is a single unit, you know, like almost an indivisible unit of work. It's in, in a lot of cases, but um, the task may have various steps to be accomplished and be completed. I think, I think maybe you, you and I have a different definition of, of tasks at that level. The thing is, you can keep going with this. Yeah. I define it down to the point where it's indivisible. Yeah. Is on many things, not all. And that kind of leads into the the next big point that we have on this is you really need to know when to stop because you can keep going and try to break those indivisible tasks down. Right. And you end up with a lot of like overhead and fluff. Yeah, you really do. And sometimes too, I'll have like kind of pre-canned sets of operations, mm-hmm. you know, like a task that I can copy that has the subtasks in it for something like, hey, I know when I do this, here's the pieces I need to check off to make sure that they're done. I don't think about those subparts other than they're just, it's a checklist. They don't have to be as smart, I guess, is kind of where I would go there, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I follow what you're saying. Um, if you aren't careful, you can become very, very proficient at breaking down goals into smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller ones and never actually start working on the goals because you're so focused on breaking them down. Right. Well, it's like, it's the refactoring problem. Yeah. You and I are, this is something that we have to watch for because we are really good at process analysis and refining our own process. And we can get, get into that headspace. And sometimes it can be hard to get out of that headspace once you're there. Like, especially when you're really focused on breaking them down you really have to go all right i've reached the point where i can't like i've broken this big year-long goal down into quarterly milestones from there into monthly action items from there into weekly tasks from there into daily steps from daily steps into like hourly nudges i don't even know what to call them at this point to where you can break them down to what you're doing by the minute if you really, really put that much work into it and you really, really shouldn't. Right. Cause you'll never get anywhere. No. And the other temptation too, is to start reworking your task management system over and over again, which is where I'll get when I start heading that way. Yeah. Sometimes you do that. I've, I've noticed you'll be like, all right, I'm redoing this whole task management stuff. I'm like, you're not accomplishing anything, but it's actually helping you to be more productive when you are doing things like that. Yeah. Well, and I, I try to put that in a, uh, an appropriate context and go, okay, this only happens every X number of months. Yeah. And so you got to get it right when you do it and you do it and then you, you don't get to touch it again for a year, two years, something like that, unless some major changes. So for you, how do you know when it is, when you've gotten to the point of it, it being indivisible or where do you define indivisible? I should say. If it's not measurable, if the premise by which I decide that the checkbox gets checked is not a testable hypothesis, then it's definitely too small. That's one thing. Another thing is if I'm looking at it and I go, hey, this is not relevant to what the actual, the goal that's a step up is, which can be a little difficult because sometimes it's like, hey, document the crap you just did. (laughs) Well, is that relevant for getting the task done? No, but it's relevant for when I come back in here six months from now. And so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll actually break the documentation off into its own task, not granular, but like go back later. The other thing is if it's kind of fuzzy for figuring out how long I think it's going to take, it's either too big or too small at that point. The way I, I do this is because I, I like to, I like to handwrite things and I'll, I'll, when I'm writing my stuff down, if I start to feel ridiculous, like I would not show this to someone else. Yeah, because it looks like you got a mental defect or something. Because you, yeah, it's like, oh, zip up your pants, put on your shoes, walk out the door. Like you don't put that on your task list in the morning, but you do all those things. You know, those are atomic tasks. But if you wrote that down on a list, hopefully, (laughs) if you wrote that down on a list, I realize you live out in sticks too. (laughs) So maybe the shoes thing hasn't always happened. But if you wrote that down on a list and you showed it to somebody, would you feel? goofy about it like hey this looks like you got something wrong with you yeah 
well, normally if I'm leaving the house during the day, I'm going to the gym. So I wear gym shorts. Yeah. Those typically don't have zippers. That's why I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. But yeah. And the same thing with the shoes. You're right. I do live out in the country. Yeah. So, but again, you know, like I, I, I wouldn't put that stuff on a list, but you know, Hey, on my wedding day, I forgot my socks. So <laughs> just saying like that, that there's some fuzziness there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. On sometimes you go a little ridiculous on your task list because you know you're going to be in a stressful situation. Or the consequences of messing something up are higher. When I'm packing to travel out of the country, I make a list of stuff that like, if I'm traveling to visit my sister, I'm not going to make, like, if I forget my toothbrush going to visit my sister. You just go buy one. Running out to the store isn't a big deal. If I'm out in the middle of nowhere in some country that may or may not have stores with toothbrushes. I mean, Albania does. Right. But I do travel to other places. It's just so far. That's my, one of my top favorites that Northern Ireland shout out to my Northern Ireland folk too. love you guys. That's the thing. If I, if I'm going to someplace like there, if I'm going camping. Well, yeah. And I think a packing list is different than a task list too. Um, even though I use the task manager for that and I actually have templates for like travel to my parents, work, travel, those kind of things. I do have like packing lists and I just spin up a project real quick as a template and then I go through the list because it's an interface that's on my phone and I can make sure I didn't forget anything. Grocery shopping is like that too. Yeah, it does screw it up on like Todoist though because it's like you accomplished 48 tasks today. It's like, no, I accomplished 10 tasks and I packed 38 things in a bag. They didn't know the difference, but uh, yeah. So speaking of packing, the next really important thing in uh, breaking down your goals is to prioritize at each level. So once you've broken them down into milestones, action items, tasks, and you know when to stop, how far to go, you stopped at the appropriate level. Now you need to start prioritizing at each level. Yeah, as you're going through it. Yeah. Depending on the goal, your milestones and subsequent levels may not have to be finished in a set order to reach that goal. That's what we talked about earlier when I realized the phrase in order didn't really fit there because you can list out the milestones. And whereas with my example of running, my milestones have to be done in order because I'm not going to run 17 and a half miles a week before I run 12 and a half miles a week. Well, I mean, yeah, but if you were training for a marathon, you might. Weird stuff. Those people are weird. <laughs> I'm sure my wife is going to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Because I'll see her do that where she just goes like she runs, runs like crazy. And then there'll be like the week before the race and she, you have to back off a little bit. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So, I mean, again, your goal and your priorities. But yeah. Not every goal is going to have milestones that need to be done in order. They might, it might be, I need all of these things done. I think like building a vertical slice before I connect all the pieces. If I'm in the API and I'm using a kind of a three tier architecture within the API here with the controller model and a view. Yeah. Service layer and a repository pattern. It doesn't matter which one of those I build first. So I'm going to build it. I'm going to build the tests for it. It matters that they're all built when I start like calling it from the user interface. Now, when you prioritize, uh, this is something that's that's an interesting discussion because I've been kind of bouncing this around in my head. Do you look at it and go, yeah, you know, like obviously if something you know has to be done by a certain due date, that's a priority, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But do you go, okay, if I have a graph that shows my dependencies of my tasks, do you go, hey, which one opens up the most other tasks? That's exactly what I do. Yeah, I do that too, except if something kills a whole branch. Like if it's the last thing, I'll kill that first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. And uh, yeah, I don't think that that is strictly correct, but it's pleasing. If it causes you to get more done because like you're more motivated then I think it's effective and I think it's a good way to do it. 
I think it's mainly just because I tend to forget those other things as I, if I step away from it, it's like just dangling out there. Documentation on things tends to be that in many cases, especially on my own projects. I get that. I'm going back and doing some documentation too. So when you're doing this prioritization, you're going to need to prioritize starting at the top and then working your way down. So the top level and then working your way down. So you want to prioritize your milestones before you prioritize your action items, before you prioritize your tasks underneath those. Right. And a lot of times what I will do is I will completely break the entire thing down all the way to the nodes, break down the first level. And then, okay, I got that first item. I'm breaking it down. That's a lot of times what I'll do is I will get, I'll take my big, my big goal and I'll break it down into those milestones and I'll prioritize those. Right. And then the first milestone, I go, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to break that one down. I prioritize those action items. Then I take the top one or two of those and I break down those tasks and prioritize those. Now, sometimes I get in there and I start prioritizing and I get to like that action item or task level and I realize, oh, hey, I need something that's actually over in this other milestone. So guess what? That milestone gets moved up. Yeah. And and I do that too. But I mean, I try to take advantage of a recurrent planning cycle versus trying to do a waterfall. Right, right. I I don't do this all at once. Yeah, or not really waterfall, but like what the straw man waterfall is, you know, because I know for a fact that I don't have all the facts. And so I, I try not to try not to over plan past a certain point because I know that I'm going to be changing those plans. Right, right. That's why I, like I said, I'll do like, I will get the main, the big stuff broken down. All right, here's the main goal broken down to smaller, big goals. Then I'll take the priority there and break that down and then priority there and break that down. Yeah. That makes sense. To where I usually have one or two, like I have like one, using this example, one milestone, like one or two action items that have the full task list underneath of them. And then I'll work through those. And as I as I get close to completion on that, I'll break down some more and just sort of work my way down. Depending on what it is, sometimes if it's like, Going back to my my example of running, that one is pretty much the same for all the milestones. It's just adding to it. So I kind of broke all those down at the same time because it was the same thing over and over. It's just progressive. Though, you might find something out later. So things might have changed. We'll see. Yeah. And you know, you also may work on more than one goal or milestone during a given period of time, although one should be your primary focus in order to make significant progress. I do find in personal projects, it's a lot harder to say there's one and only one goal. And so what I usually do is I have time buckets for things and I just go, Hey, I'm literally switching goals for that time bucket. Cause I'll have three or four hours and I'm, I'm working on, you know, my personal IT projects or I'm working on my writing or I'm working on. Yeah, we talked about this back in January when we were talking about the, you know, breaking down or not breaking down the goals. This is the one on breaking down the goals. But when we're talking about the 12 week year and stuff like that, yeah. about how, yeah, you've got several goals each quarter, each 12 weeks. Yeah. But there's one that is going to get toasted no matter what. There's one primary goal. Yeah. There. And the others are nice to haves. Yeah. And that's the same thing with this, this breakdown. It's a lot of times those other goals are, hey, I just need a break from this main goal. Yeah. Or it's, Hey, I want to start moving towards a goal that I see coming over the horizon, you know, next year and I want things in place for it. So, when you're prioritizing, start by finding out what must come before everything else. You know, you have to choose a language and a framework before you can start developing, usually. But the idea is figure out what has dependencies as we were saying earlier, like what has to get done first. Next, you need to determine what has to be done to complete this level whether it is a milestone action item or even just a low-level task or step. I would also add something in here. Researching, brainstorming, outlining, those kind of things are also tasks in here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I used to draw a line between those two things and go, oh, that's not not a task, but you can't manage your time if you don't do that. Mm -hmm. I agree with you there. And finally, when you know what must be done first, find out what you would like to work on. So now that you've got a, all right, here's what I have to do first. Then go, all right, of the things left, 
What do I want to work on? This all sounds like, it sounds like we're talking down to people when we give this advice, but when you're in the mix and you're having to, you're dealing with all the stress and everything, like having this laid out verbally, go, no, here's the framework I'm using, makes it where it works. I don't really think of it as talking down to people. I wish someone had given me this advice so I didn't have to figure it out on my own. I'm like, man, if I had known this when I was in my 20s trying to set goals, I wouldn't have had to lose 100 pounds. There is that. And you'd probably have a lot of beer money in your pocket still, too. (laughs) Yep. So next for breaking down your goals, you want to create a timeline at each level. And mind you, you're doing this as you're going through it. We kind of broke this down into the different things so we could discuss them. But like as you're breaking down these levels, you're also prioritizing them and creating a timeline. A big part of SMART goals is time bound. And as Will and I were talking earlier, we are not the best at estimating. So you want to try and create a timeline so that you have an idea, like almost a separate goal, it seems like, to maintain that timeline. Yeah, or you put it in an Excel file, right? And you go, okay, you know, when's this projected to get done? You know, and then when did it actually get done? And then you can adjust, you know, you can make it auto adjust if you really have to do that. I mean, the other thing I do is I just point, I do points and I just go, okay, I know on Mondays I can get X number of points done usually because while my estimates are crap on average, they are equally dispersed crap. And so like statistically, they get better at scale, I guess is the way I would put it. Uh, so that seems to work for me. But yeah, but the, the timeline is really important because it does force you to progress towards your goal and make it where you can actually tell when you're not. Set deadlines for each of the tasks so that you can hold yourself accountable. This takes a lot of self-discipline and a lot of self-understanding, I guess. It's not the right word, but holding yourself accountable And then realizing, like I did with that project, hey, I lost three weeks in three days, like because I was sick when I was going to be able to devote, you know, three entire days to it, to a side project that would accomplish three weeks worth of work. Right. And the holding yourself accountable isn't, oh, you know, beating yourself up over it. It's going, okay, next time I run into a situation where I am doing typically breaking a week's worth of work up and doing it, but I have days where I think I'm going to do a week's worth is building in a fudge factor for that, right? It's not like self-discipline, think more of the self than the discipline. Yeah. And it's also going, hey, I can sit and watch an hour of TV before I go to bed, or I can work on this. I say before I go to bed, before I start my nighttime routine. For more information on that, check out our episode on nighttime (laughs) routines little plug there. Yeah. So guys, finally, monitor your progress. So you want to review progress on a regular basis so that you can make adjustments as needed. The agile process, you know, Scrum, Kanban, Scrumbon, there's like 15 different ones. You know, but they emphasize quick turnaround and tight feedback loops so that you can make adjustments early and reduce the costs of making them later. Yeah, this is really one of the biggest benefits of the 12-week year is that you're able to make those adjustments more frequently and you can see sort of where you are. This is this is why you break your goals down is because you might be working on one of your milestones, you reach the milestone and realize, hey, this is taking me in a completely different direction and where I thought I wanted to go, I don't even want to go there anymore. Yeah, or you lose your job and you have to get a different one. And it's like, well, now I'm not really all that fired up to learn AWS stuff because it's not helpful to me right now, which is what happened to me last fall. <laughs> also, you need to kind of take time to celebrate victories with each accomplishment you make you know, along your path towards your ultimate goal. And there are some interesting things that, I, that I've seen on YouTube kind of talking about this as far as the dopamine response. We probably should get into in some later episode. It would be well worth having a longer discussion on, but... So you ready to talk about our quarterly and goals? Yeah, let's go for it. So um, we're going to do like a, a little mini version of our uh, our annual. We started it back in January with the first quarter. So we're going into quarter two now. 
So, Will, why don't you start us off with your Q1 goal? Yeah, that isn't done yet. Now, bear in mind, this, you know, tomorrow will be March 1st. Um, so, we record the podcast uh, ahead of time. So, I've still got a whole month. But my goal was to improve system security by moving off of LastPass. And I have not done that yet. Probably starting the work either this week or early next week, uh, depending on how things go. I realized going into this, I had to get some stuff out of the way because it was going to make things a lot more difficult if I try to do things in parallel. One of those things was switching to Linux, changing your password manager out at the same time as you change your operating system out. Probably not a grand idea. It's a good way to lose access to things and not be able to get it back because you wiped a hard drive. And so I wanted to get on the other side of that. Move to Linux got, you know, took basically a, a little over a month longer than anticipated per, you know, what we said in the first quarter, just because of, having an outage window to take my machine down and still be able to record podcasts and do my Russian class on this box. That was kind of a pain point. I was also moving a bunch of other stuff to be self-hosted. And so I had backup files and stuff moving back and forth. And I'm like, okay, I really don't want to be changing passwords and changing systems at the same time in, uh, in other ways. So basically I have to get all that stuff kind of rounded out before I start on th- on this, but this stuff has to happen before next quarter's festivities. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I also learned as I was moving things that there were some things that I really, really did not think through. One of those was disaster recovery. So I got in there and I set up this new box and I'm like, okay, I need to get into my LastPass so I can get into all my different systems. Well, okay, the LastPass key or the, the password for it was stored in KeyPass. Where's KeyPass stored? Well, KeyPass is stored in Dropbox. So I go into Dropbox. I know that password. And it's like, oh, you're signing in from a different machine. So we've sent you a link to your email to let you sign in. Well, I don't have the password for my email because it's in the KeyPass file. It's a Dropbox that I can't get to. And thankfully, you know, I had another computer and, you know, was able to get to it. But it's like, hey, if this was the only machine I had, that's a problem. And so I really want to get some more of the DR stuff sorted before then. That got my attention, uh, <laughs> obviously. Now, I do have a lot of the task list kind of punched out, and I'm working on you know getting the list of everything for two-factor off as well. I did also realize that doing five a day, that's dumb because LastPass is still running on my system while that's happening. So if they get breached and they push something out and they seem to be sloppy enough for that to happen, it would behoove me to be off of there completely in one shot. How about you? So... My goal that we we discussed and we kind of discussed it throughout this uh, this episode too. I thought it'd be a really good one to uh, to discuss was the annual goal of running twenty miles per week. Currently, I'm running ten miles. So my quarterly goal was to add two and a half miles this quarter to run twelve and a half miles. I am currently running an average of twelve and a half miles per day. Sometimes I run or not twelve per day. Two and a half miles per day, 12 and a half miles per week. I am not running almost a half marathon a week. I will get my wife to sign you up for that marathon right now. No, thank you. (laughs) I don't know that I couldn't do it. I do not know that I could function after doing it. I'm not at that level. Like I could probably survive. And then I think your definition of function becomes much more fluid after you do one of those. Yeah. I mean, I've done a half marathon a long time ago, but uh, yeah, I'm up to two and a half miles per day. Today, I actually ran three miles. Sometimes I get to two miles and I'm like, man, I'm just feeling it. I will say, and I kind of hinted at this, the plan has changed a little bit because one thing I realized is in order to run and do my workout, I'm not going to have enough time to run and lift when I get up to doing much more than what I'm doing now. Well, plus you're kind of starting to burn through your things like muscle glycogen and all that too, where you're lifting, you may start getting in your own way a little bit too, I would think. I'm not not so much there. That's not the issue. The issue is time, getting back yeah. to work on time. So I go on my lunch break. And so like, I'm trying to spend about an hour at the gym. Well, and you're also not trying to like crazy bulk either. No, not yet. So that, that's probably not, yeah, my concern is probably not the same. Yeah, but uh I'm kind of getting lean. And so uh, once I hit a certain weight, I am going to start bulking. It'll probably be next year. That might be a goal then. But I'm just looking at time frame in order to just like 
to get everything in that I need to get in at the gym. Like if I keep adding a half mile at the same pace, like right now it's 30 minutes for two and a half miles because I run a 12 minute mile. And so my new goal is to up the pace a little bit. Yeah. So you get take advantage of compression. Yeah. So I will slowly. And I think the reason I hurt my knees last year is I tried to jump straight up to run in a 10 minute mile because I can, but I tried to like do it too much too fast. And so I'm going to slowly increment just a little bit at a time over the course of the year. Have you played with like doing a fast sprint and then doing a slower walk or are you just doing like a straight on? Well, the goal is to do straight on running. Okay. That's the point of this is, is not like I have done that. That's what got me up to the point of being able to run like I can. Like I can run three miles is easily doable right now. I could probably get up to four or five if I really had the time to do it at this pace. I could work myself up to doing that regularly. The thing is, like I said, if I'm going to do it only five days a week, I'd have to get up to four miles. And right. that's going to take most of the hour to do that and not leave much time for cool down and lifting. So if I bump up the pace, I thought I like I plan, I was looking at it, I was like, well, I could add an outdoor run because I want to get better at outdoor running. I can add an outdoor run on Saturdays. And you're not in a bad place for it. No, I'm really not. And actually, if I go toward town, there's a, a park that has a one kilometer loop. And so I could do a 5K run around that thing five times, which is what I want to get up to doing anyway. Yeah. And so, which is a little over three miles for those that don't know. But yeah, what I'm looking at is increasing my pace so I can get more in for the same amount of time. And so by the end of the year, my new goal is to be able to run a 10-minute mile for three miles, 30 minutes, same amount of time I'm running now, just faster. And that five days a week, that'll give me 15 miles and then run five miles on the weekends. Yeah, probably on a Saturday. And then either at that pace or like, a little bit slower. It's either going to be 50 or 60 minutes. But yeah. So it'd be like a 5K plus a little bit. So. All right. Let's go into our, our goals for this quarter. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's probably a little bit more relevant to talk about the larger goals as well. Yeah. Uh, that they are part of. So my annual goal is to actually spin up and have a business and be self-employed full time. Probably still working through a recruiting company for the work, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, just to have the structure there. So the quarterly goals to support that would be, you know, to get the initial business structure, business license, whatever tooling I need, you know, like getting QuickBooks set up, get all that junk out of the way, get all the accounting stuff straightened out, all the, you know, other bits and pieces I need. That would be next quarter. And so that's, that's roughly the, the idea there. So one of my annual goals is, to have a full conversation in Albanian, like not just basic greetings, but have an actual conversation. Yeah. And I'm working my way there. I can tell I've been making quite a bit of progress and like putting even more effort into it this quarter than I have in the past. But yeah, my uh, first trip to Albania this year is at the end of the quarter. Planning on going back either in November or December. Depends on what my sisters do for the holidays. Basically, if they're going to come here for Thanksgiving, I'll go at Christmas. If they're going to come here for Christmas, I'll go at Thanksgiving. That's my plan. But I'm trying to use my time off. Like I'm going to the end of this quarter because Memorial Day is at the end of this quarter. And I get the day off work. So end of second quarter. Yeah, it, this com- upcoming quarter, this quarter that's we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that quarter. <laughs> when we get the, the podcast time shift is just... This podcast is coming out at the very beginning of this of the quarter. So, yeah. So, but like, you know, when, when was then? Just now. We're in the space balls territory here. Will has trouble thinking four-dimensionally. Yeah. Well, it's not so much the four dimensions as it is the movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, right now, I'm taking lessons uh, once a week. And I'm kind of going through, trying to go through my Albanian book three days a week. I haven't been as good about it. But... uh I also just recently started watching some TV, TV7 online. I have a friend who's a news anchor there. 
It's kind of difficult because the timing that I have available is also the time when they show American TV on there. So it's like, oh, yeah, I did find an Albanian newspaper online that I can read and watch some videos. I follow several Christian influencers in Albania. So I watch them and then uh, found a podcast that I'm going to go through for learning Albanian. Yeah, I found a couple of Russian ones recently, too. And I think like that massive input is going to help you a lot. Uh, I think so, too. There's probably also a translation of the TV show Friends. If you want to watch I, a show that's not actually funny in your target language, that's probably... <laughs> I'm sorry. I spent my teens and 20s hanging out at coffee shops. I know what that's actually like. <laughs> and watching people pretend to do the things that I would do is so boring. I know that's a very popular show and a lot of people like it. I could never get into it. Yeah, I couldn't either. I've never actually seen a full episode. I've seen more of it in Russian than I ever saw in English, though. I love the movie Pi. Not the life of Pi, but the black and white okay. movie about math. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I only know three other people on the planet who like that movie. Yeah, I actually dated one of them. <laughs> Surprisingly. The others are guys. I don't. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, no, like, seriously, it's nobody seems to like that movie. So take it or leave it, me not liking friends. Anyway, guys, accomplishing smaller steps along the way can provide a sense of accomplishment and keep you motivated to continue working towards the goal. Breaking down your goals increases your accountability as well because it provides a simpler roadmap for you to follow in order to reach your larger goals. Now, this simpler roadmap helps you stay on track when going after those larger, seemingly impossible goals. Throughout this year, Will and I are sharing with you how we break down our goals. So use that information and the information in this episode to help you make the most of your lofty goals and make them doable. That's pretty much all we got. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash completedeveloperpodcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.